You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Welcome friends uh, online. Welcome friends who are here in person. I'm Bill White, one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. So, and you are welcome here today. We're so, so glad you're with us. So this is the season of Advent. And so for those of us who are here, uh, it feels a little bit, uh, particularly if you're in the shade, it feels like it's snowing, which is nice. It gives that full, the full effect, right, of, uh, of the Christmas season. But uh, a couple of practical things, just uh, for those who are here, if you need a restroom, uh, if you're uh, on Zoom, I assume you probably have one in your home. But if you're here, uh, through the auditorium doors, immediately up the left, there is a bathroom there, and there's another bathroom out here. That one, you just need to lock open when you leave, okay, because it locks closed when you're in it, and then you, for the next person, you leave it open. So, uh, so glad you're here. I'm trying to, I don't think there's, I don't know, I think I'm supposed to do something else right now. Oh, we're supposed to pray for the kids, right? We like kids. Uh, here. And so, Hannah, are you going to pray over our kids? Here's Hannah. She's going to work with the kiddos today. So she, yeah, you can, well, we give it up. Just, just drop a prayer bomb on them. Good morning. Okay. Let's pray over our children. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for the kids. They are your gift to us. And we thank you for their presence here today. We thank you for the way that they model what it is to be open to you and to be open to life, Lord. The way they come with their joys and their fears, and they don't hide any of it, Lord. They just, they live it out loud, and they bring it before you. So I pray that we would be able to learn from them. We pray that we'd have a good, blessed children's time today, that we'd find a way to have fun and not be too loud. (laughs) And that you would bless all of us, Lord, as we seek to worship you today. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. So if you're a kid and you would like to go, you don't, you can hang out here if you want, but you can go with Hannah over here for some crafts and some fun, which would be grand. So we are, this is the other fearless co-pastor. Hi, friends. That is Brenna Rubio. Um, And we are in a sermon series right now about pilgrimage, about kind of embarking. A lot of times you can think of a pilgrimage as a physical journey with a spiritual purpose, right? Actually moving your body, actually doing something, moving somewhere to, to experience more of life, more of God, to maybe even find yourself. Uh, and today we are going to talk about uh, when you're on the journey with God, uh, wherever you're at on that journey, sometimes there are extraordinary experiences, you could call them miraculous or supernatural, all right? And we're going to hear part of the Christmas story today that talks about some people having a extraordinary experience. Um, but when you're at City Church and you start talking about the miraculous and the supernatural, um, sometimes people's eyebrows scrunch up, right? Sometimes there's this sense of like, um, you know, don't force me to have a radical experience with God because I'm a little, I have some doubts, 
And around City Church, we love doubts. We think doubts are great. We think they're a very healthy part of the spiritual journey, okay? Um, and so as Brent and I were talking about this, we're like, how do you create space to talk about supernatural, weird God moments, and yet also honor those of us who have had some of that God talk used against us? the supernatural language used against us. So we thought we would start with a little bit of a of, of crowdsourcing. Okay? You could also think of it as group therapy. <laughs> but you would never confuse me with a therapist. Brenna, maybe. Um, but I, I'm going to ask, so if you're online, you get to use the Zoom chat, okay? And we would love to have your input. That would be very helpful. Uh, if you're here, you're just going to sort of shout it out. Uh, maybe raise your hand, whatever. What doubts creep into your mind when you hear someone else talking about a miracle that they had happened to them? That supernatural God moment. So let's just go ahead and warm up, and and we're we're wide open here. Oh, there's someone's raising a hand somewhere. Oh yes, yeah, 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 Anna. She said, this is kind of mean. <laughs> okay, sure, with an eye roll, okay? I like that. Okay, sure, with the eye roll. And Anna does the eye roll really well. So, yes, good. Thank you. Some others. Yes. Sounds like a college student. Uh -huh. In order to be extraordinary, you have to have a common definition of what is ordinary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in contrast, I also have a one word reply, which is skeptical. There you go. All right. Yeah, there's another. Oh, yeah. Barbara. The local Wiccan priestess says, I already believed in magic, so I beat you. I'm already there. Former, former, former. Sorry, former Wiccan priestess. Sorry. Sorry about that. Yes, Karen. Yeah. Have have are they experiencing hallucinations at other times of the day as well? Yeah. Okay. Are some of you just feeling really warm and fuzzy that other people are like just as mean and skeptical as you are? You're like, you're kidding. I'm not evil. Yeah, Eva. There's got to be a scientific explanation for that one. Yes. Oh, thank you. Super good. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So let's let's just hold these. Okay. These we are acknowledging all of these, and we're actually going to carry them through. So it's not like okay, we're acknowledging them and then we're going to dismiss them. No, no, no. We get to hold all this. We get to live right here. Okay. And now we're going to hear from the Christmas story. <laughs> some crazy freaky things and all of these things that you've just said still get to be in play okay uh, so if we can have the palmers come forward lily and emily thank you so much they're going to read scripture for us today if you would welcome emily and lily and uh, around city church we stand um, if you're in your bedroom you don't have to stand if you're on your bed that's kind of weird if you're on zoom but uh, in we just, we kind of do that here. So here you go. Oh, you got a mic. 
Luke 2, 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds are returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This is such an interesting topic to talk about um, because I feel like I've experienced both sides of, of you know, this, this question of like, how do we relate to miracles, to this idea that God does extraordinary things? What do we, what do, we do with that? Um, I was thinking of a, a time I was volunteering. My husband was with me as well, uh, and it was quite a few years ago now. But I was volunteering with this this ministry that was all about you know people who were just kind of exploring Christianity for the first time, and uh, it was very relational and conversational. Except that there's one point, you know, kind of during um, this sort of exploratory time for people, where it was kind of considered part of the process, right? You would set up like what they called a ministry weekend. And the ministry weekend was like much more about like kind of expecting that God might kind of just show up and do something big in people's lives. And so there was a lot of like extra sort of like, hey guys, if you're, you know, you've been in conversation with these people, here's what you might expect. And here's how we do prayer ministry. And oh, by the way, you might hear people speaking in tongues, which, you know, if you haven't grown up around church world, is this idea that God might kind of give people sort of a supernatural language to speak in. And so all of a sudden you might hear people, you know, talking in, in, in different languages you've never heard of and maybe not even sort of like an actual, you know, earthly kind of language. And, and it was a little new to me, I'm going to be honest. And, you know, the skeptical part of me was always a little like, it's just like, okay, it kind of sounds like we're going to be setting up an environment, right, where people are going to feel some expectation you know, for God to show up. And they're going to feel some expectation, you know, that um, things should happen and they should be feeling different things and responding different ways. And um, how much are we kind of controlling this environment? And I, I've never actually experienced speaking in tongues myself. I, I know there's some talk about it in the Bible, but I don't know how that works. I mean, there are just all of these questions, right, and reservations. And it was actually in many ways, you know, a, a really sweet time this weekend that we had. But, you know, during this sort of key moment where people were being invited to be prayed for, you know, I actually, I was having kind of a moment myself, right? I got really emotional during that time. And again, the environment, the skeptical part of me is going, yeah, the environment was really conducive 
And so I went for prayer, and I did not experience healing, right? I mean, I'm just telling you, like, I mean, I, I didn't. They did all the things they've been trained to do, you know, and I was still just a crying, sobbing mess <laughs> at the end of it. And, you know, the pastor who was leading the time invited me to come talk afterwards, which was good, and, you know, suggested maybe some therapy, which was a completely reasonable <laughs> and helpful suggestion for me. And, you know, after six months of therapy, I had experienced a fair amount of healing. We just had a horse. You know, last week it was 400 like bicycles. bicycles. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, a and a fire truck. This week it's the horse. You that know? was our extraordinary sighting for this week. <laughs> yes, the miraculous. So, <laughs> I'm like, how do you recover from the horse? So I've been on that side of things, right? Where it's like, I, I don't know, I think, I think there's probably some psychological explanations and ways we're setting up situations. And, you know, recently I've seen a lot of conversation even online about like worship music, right? And how churches like, do we set up experiences? And again, I, I look at it and it's like, yeah, absolutely. We can be really manipulative if we want to, right? And how we set up experiences. There are also ways we can be very healing by providing people spaces, you know, to get in touch with emotions that are already there, potentially, right? I mean, there's so many different ways to approach things. But the thing is that also when I come to passages like these, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. These, these sense that God is breaking in. And alongside all of my skepticism, I also kind of go, oh, there actually have been those moments for me. And in some of those moments, I, I feel like I can fully acknowledge, like, oh, yeah, there may be other explanations. And yet, in my heart of hearts, I think it was God. There are actually moments that I... I understand all the rational arguments that could be there, and they're generally not the ones that were set up, right? Not the ones where it's like, you know, I've been trained um, to create a space, but it feels vulnerable almost, like sharing it out loud, because I'm like, I, I know, I know there are other explanations, and yet, just like the shepherds, don't we sometimes just have to go say it anyway? We know people are gonna laugh at us. We know they're gonna have their own explanations. Um, yeah, there, there's actually a flip side. On the one hand, some of us are bringing in very deserved skepticism, right? We've seen abuses and we've seen these situations and it felt manipulative and coercive. And, you know, we're just being, being set up when people invite us to consider the miraculous. But on the other hand, there are other people going, isn't it rather elitist to think everything is rational? Isn't there sort of like an intellectualism in assuming like we have to be able to understand everything? That we're always approaching the world with this very heady cognitive sort of approach. Some of us have been reading Abuelita Faith together over the last few months and uh, this book by Kat Armis, really talking about like understanding God from the margins. And from the margins, so often we get this sort of simpler but no less rich experience of God that says, yeah, you know, I don't understand how God works all the time, 
but God works. And isn't it interesting that this, this miraculous story that we're looking at today, it didn't come to the rabbis, right? This wasn't experience, wasn't, you know, the philosophers. It wasn't the wise men who we're going to look at next week, right, who were having this really big, miraculous experience of God. It was to a bunch of shepherds over there on the margins. One of the things that I think is so interesting to look at in this passage is that it says, okay, they have this direct experience, this miraculous experience, and it, it really must be huge because they run and they want to go tell everybody about it, right? We see that in the later verses um, that, that they head out to Bethlehem. They want to tell people what had happened. Let's go to Bethlehem. See this thing which has happened. They're going to tell other people. Nobody seems to listen. Because are there any stories in the Bible? Have you ever heard any great Christmas stories about like the masses of people who showed up at the stable? Right? Who said like, wow, something awesome has happened here. And so Mary and Joseph, don't worry about it. You're going to be set up for life. Right? You know, and we're going to watch this kid grow up. And we're just like, I mean, the shepherds had no clout. They had no agenda. They didn't gain anything from this experience. They probably had people looking at them like they were crazy. Oh, those poor ignorant peasants off in the fields having hallucinations. It didn't I mean, rolled their eyes. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, whatever. But they had to talk about it anyway. You know, and so there's, there's this tension, right, of saying, like, where can we be maybe, maybe too skeptical? And what's the balance to be held there? How do we hold the tension of being engaged intellectually? not believing everything, not being naive, you know, and certainly being aware of power dynamics that sneak into these things, right? And yet also being open, also being willing to let God burst through in ways we don't expect sometimes. Um, one of my, uh, when I think about some of the experiences I've had where it's been most likely, uh, or just like, I don't know what to call it, except it's God. You know, there have been times where it, it's been about conversations with other people. It's always been about other people when I've had some of these bigger kind of like, God, what are you doing? Oh, my gosh, I'm a little creeped out, to be frank. Um, where I'm waiting to have a conversation with a person, and I'll have a sense of like a, a movie going in front of my eyes of like how the conversation's going to unfold. It's only happened to me a handful of times, um, and I'm always very like, oh my gosh, what was that afterwards, right? I'm sitting in a coffee shop looking around going, did anybody else notice me get really weird for a second? Like, <laughs> and then a person comes and sits down in front of me, right? And I'm going like, what do I do with this? I don't think that was just like, um, you know, like a, an epileptic episode or something, right? But I'm not sure. There could be all sorts of explanations for what just happened. And so, like, my tendency has always been to, like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try one little thing, <laughs> right? Let's, I'm going to roll out one line from what I just sort of saw, and I'm going to see what happens, right? Okay, that didn't creep them out. Um, that, that didn't hurt anything. Like, maybe I'll try the next, like, line that I just kind of saw in that little. And, and I've had some of the most amazing conversations. And, and the whole time, even as I tell you this, I'm like, all I can do is hold it in front of you saying, I don't know what that was. But I'm willing to believe it could have been God. And in the moment, it felt worth the risk to try and love someone well by, by taking that little step. So good, right? 
I don't know. I feel like I'm babbling, but you know, it's like <laughs> no, but miracles are things I think you should end up babbling about. Yeah, this is this is the experience, right? How do you hold on to healthy doubt and skepticism, particularly when these sorts of things are being used against you to manipulate you? And yet, how do you still remain open to other people's experiences and to even your own? Right. Um, and so I, you know, I just want to pause here and be sort of conversational um, and just reflect on some of the, the complexities when it comes to the, the miraculous, the supernatural. Um, I would say as I have conversations with you and as I think about myself, many of us are saying, I actually want to feel God. I want an experience with God. I want to hear from God. I actually need to hear from God. Or maybe I've never heard from God. And I'm wondering if God does speak. I want God to speak. I'm, I'm curious. And there's, there's a sense of longing. For some of us, there's a sense of distrust because of our, sometimes our families that got weird or other religious communities we were part of and those got weird, that we start to distrust the experiences we actually have had. Like some of us have had some, some real life experiences and now we're like, nah, I don't know about that. And, and the cynicism is actually safer Right? It, it, it feels safer than hope or faith or even memory of what actually happened. Because we, we protect ourselves because things have been used against us. Like I literally remember in college going to a group where they said, hey, we're all going to start speaking in tongues, what Brenda was talking about earlier. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has been part of these. But uh, and they gathered us all together, and they play the music real loud. And afterwards, they, they stop the music and they say, now start speaking. And I'm like, ha ba da 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 And they're like, great job. The Lord is a, you know, and you're like, this is weird. Like, and so it's like, I don't want to give any credit to that. But I have a very close friend who has deep experiences of, of speaking in tongues, who is shared here around th this place with you people. So what do I do with both? And then sometimes, let's admit, sometimes, sometimes we just want an experience of God more than we want God. I just want to feel good, darn it. I, I just want to, like, I'm actually not interested in God. I just want to feel good. And before we condemn that, I think we have to recognize that I mean, come on, after all, we're supposed to be having a relationship with Christ. Like, I want some substance in my relationships. I want to feel like I'm talking to someone and maybe someone's talking back. I want to feel something, right? Hello, right? So maybe it's not bad 
to want that experience. And yet, how do we, how do we navigate those sorts of things? I'm not here to answer it. Are you going to? No. Okay. I, I was sure. I mean, you still got a couple of shots here before we're done. So, um, but let's just surface the tension, right? And I love what Brenda just pointed out. Like, I'd never thought of that before. Like, the shepherds went and told everyone, and no one showed up. Like, okay, I respect that. So what do we do with these things? How do we have a healthy relationship with the, the supernatural? I, I do want to add one more sort of anecdotal piece, just over time which is, by and large, as I talk with, with you and as I think about my own story, it seems like earlier in our faith journeys, we may have more experience of God's transcendence, and later in our faith journeys, in our pilgrimages, we may have more experiences of God's eminence. God's transcendence, God's power, God's like, wow! God's eminence is God's presence. And it's like, wow, it's, it's a lovely day. There's goodness. I feel grateful. Notice there's a distinction there. Both may be valid, but often one comes earlier in the faith journey than the other. And many times those of us later on are looking back, trying to get back to what we once had when we might be missing what God has for us now. Uh, so interesting. Okay, so here's the thing. You know how we love having people come up and share stories? Um, this one just felt like a weird one. Like, do we have people come up and like share a miraculous story and then those of you who don't have them feel really pressured and bad, right? Like, do we just have someone come up and share like skepticism? I, anyway, we decided we really needed everybody to have a chance to share their stories this morning. And so we're going to do some of our just kind of going into small groups for like six, seven minutes. You're welcome to just listen in your group. Don't feel pressured to speak, okay? On the other hand, there's an invitation to speak and to be honest as you get into a group. Invitation again, you know, to maybe make sure there's one or two new people you haven't met as well uh, in your group. But here's the question for conversation. It's just, what has your experience been with the extraordinary? Have you experienced pressure? Like you somehow like need a very supernatural feeling, miraculous type of experience? Have you had miraculous type experiences and felt really nervous about sharing them because people might think you're nuts? Um, have you wanted these kind of experiences and never had them? I mean, there are all sorts of variations out there, right? And you just get to share a little bit of your story. Maybe just a little bit of conversation around what would it look like to hold the tension. Bill, for those of you uh, who 